0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, join us for a special Christmas Day program and let this young man's excitement fill your heart with joy.
1: look at that! It's a big Christmas tree!
0: Also, hear from award-winning feature film recording artist Steve Emerson and America's pastor Max Lucado.
2: I think people want to hear the story of Bethlehem. Somebody, they want somebody to answer the question, what's, what's the big deal about the baby?
3: This is Christmas day. It's a wonderful day and I hope you enjoy it. And I'm so blessed that you could join us today. You
4: know, this is a time when we should all rejoice. Mm -hmm. there's a beautiful Christmas tree behind us. Just keep your seatbelt buckled. And you're gonna see how we ought to respond when we see a Christmas tree, (laughs) watch this. I'll be right back to tell you who it was. That was Kyrie James's grandson. And they have as many grandchildren as we do. I think they'll probably pass us up for sure, but I'm telling you, listen to me. That was uh, their daughter's uh, son. And I'm telling you, that's the way it ought to be for all of us for Christmas. And that was uh, someone you've seen many times, grandson <laughs> Kyrie. She's been all over the world on the mission field with us. She almost paid for the trips with her life. She got a very serious type of uh, hepatitis when she was with us after the Chernobyl explosion in the Ukraine, holding children. And then you've seen her in just some unusual experiences with a broken heart. But she has a beautiful, beautiful family. And uh, you're going to listen right now to Sheila Walsh, who is such a big part of Life Outreach and Life today. And she's talking to Max Lucado, a true gift from God. And he's talking about his book and the hope that Christmas offers. And really, he talks about how broken hearts can be healed in a very supernatural way at this time. A little later, you're going to hear Steve Amerson with one of the most beautiful songs about Christmas I've ever heard. I think many of you may have heard it, but perhaps not. And then you're going to hear a musical medley about Christmas on the piano that is going to thrill you on this Christmas day. Here's Sheila Walsh and Max Licato.
3: I know you're a huge Christmas fan. Isn't that true?
2: I love Christmas. Uh, I'm one of these folks, I never complain when the lights go up in October, you know, and it doesn't bother me when Walmart starts selling trees uh, in early November. I I get excited, and uh, I I like the Christmas movies. I love Christmas music. I just play it over and over, and of course, I love Christmas food. Of course. (laughs) Uh, but, but the, to me, the highlight of, of Christmas is, is when you're in a shopping mall or you're walking to a department store and you hear, uh, it came upon a midnight clear, uh, or silent night, uh, or one of these great classic Christmas hymns that have embedded within them, the gospel. And, uh you just sense that the word is being sown and, and people are being, uh, e- even if they're not conscious of it, they are being taught yeah. uh, the meaning of Christmas. So it's, it's that undertone of hope that comes through. I, I know we get all busy and I'm sure we could slow it all down. But at least there's the possibility, you know, that uh, somebody's gonna h- hear a Christmas message yeah. and walk away a different
3: person. Now you're a very prolific writer. You write um, for us, you write for children. What was the genesis for you of writing this yeah, book?
2: Thanks for asking, that's a great question. I, well, you, as you know, I've been a pastor for 28 years and uh, I, I have noticed that there is a sensitivity and an openness to Christmas messages. And there's a reason that Christmas Eve services are are usually packed, and that uh, Advent services are very popular, and that is I think people want to hear the story of Bethlehem, they really do. Uh, They want to hear what they want. Somebody they want somebody to answer the question. What's what's the big deal about the baby? What's the big deal about the baby in the manger? So I've had this idea for some years, and this was happened to be the time to do it, of, of creating a book that that would just speak into that conversation mm-hmm. in, in, in a very, hopefully, winsome way with a lot of Christmas stories, uh, maybe some, some funny stories, but also unpack some key Bible verses. And so I, I thought, because of Bethlehem, how is the world different? Right. That's why we called it Because of Bethlehem.
3: A lot of people find Christmas a very hard season. Mm -hmm. I I remember last Christmas getting so many notes from people on my Facebook page saying that they actually find Christmas the hardest season of all. Why do you think that is, and how do you think
2: this book will address that? And you're absolutely right. Uh, Years ago, I'm gonna date myself now, but there's an old Merle Haggard song, If We Make It Through December, (laughs) <laughs> it was a great country western song, and and his his point was that what's bad is worse in December. Uh, pain hurts more, uh, bills feel heavier, uh, separation feels more painful, and, and so what's what's bad just gets worse in December, and and it's and it's because we look around and everybody seems so happy, you know, uh, or everybody seems to have it all together, uh, or they're, they're seeing seeing somebody with their Child reminds us of a vacant crib. It, it's just, it's just, everything gets gets amplified. But there's a way that we can take the message of Christmas, and it can apply. It can be applied like a balm on our soul, on the wounded parts of our souls. Uh, because the big message of Christmas is God understands. I mean, you talk about a painful world. He was born into a painful world and, uh, and, and understands exactly what we go through because he's been through it. Mm. That's, that's a huge part of the Christmas message. So let this Christmas, if it's a hard one, uh, and, and, and I, I can relate, you know, just a few years ago, my, my daughter uh, suffered a, a miscarriage. Mm. And we found ourselves just a few days before Christmas in an emergency room. And I remember thinking of all the places you don't want to be at Christmas, yeah. it's in an, I don't care how much garland they put up, you know, an emergency room is still an emergency room. Uh, and so I get that, but let this Christmas, uh, let, let the message come through and hear Jesus say, I understand what you're going through and I know how hard it is, but I came into the world in painful times and I can speak to you during yours too.
3: Wow, you have an interesting phrase in the book where you talk about seeing God's face in Jesus. Mm. Talk about that,
2: would you? Well, because of Bethlehem, we know what God looks like. Wow. And, and in the book I talk about, and as a mom, you'll relate to this, just the excitement that a mother must feel to finally see that baby's face. I mean, I know we dads get excited, but uh, multiply that by nine months. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ten months, ten actually, months. ten.
2: Okay. <laughs> and all of, all of that pain in Lama's classes, multiply it many, many times. And uh, the look on a mom's face when she looks in the face of her child, mm-hmm. and it's as if she's saying, okay, now finally I know what you look like. Well, what was it like for Mary WHO KNEW SHE HAD NEVER KNOWN A MAN, WHO KNEW THAT CHILD WAS A MIRACLE, WHO KNEW SHE WAS CARRYING GOD HIMSELF. WHEN SHE LOOKED INTO THE FACE OF JESUS, AND SHE SAW THE, I DON'T KNOW, LITTLE ROSEBUD CHEEKS, AND TINY LIPS, SMALL NOSE, NOW THIS IS WHAT GOD LOOKS LIKE. WOW. IT'S THE MOST PROFOUND MOMENT OF THE INCARNATION, BECAUSE GOD REALLY BECAME FLESH. HE BECAME SO SMALL, uh, that he could be delivered, uh, just as a, any baby would be delivered, and small enough that 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 a weary young Mary could cup her hands all the way around his face, and say, "God would become this. This is what God looks like." Well, what does he look? He looks like love. He looks like hope. He looks like understanding and sympathy. He. It, it, it's a. It's it's a turning point moment in history, when Mary looked into the face of God.
3: There's so many. Interesting ingredients in your book, Max. Of things I've never thought about before. You know, you would think, well, there's nothing new about the Christmas story, but you talk about um, Christmas trees, how they tie into our adoption. Talk about that, because that's amazing.
2: <laughs> that's another fun tradition, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got to confess, we've gone the fake route. Oh, uh, boo! No, and and to, quite honestly, I, we. I had to give in on this one. It but, gets messy, but doesn't it? it does, it does. But forever we bought an honest to goodness Christmas tree and uh, went through the whole process. I think, I think it had to do with when our kids finally uh, left the house, Dean said, we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> but I love the, smi- the smell yeah. and the sap uh, in carrying the tree and tying it on the car and uh, anyway, all of that. I you think You can actually so get a
3: spray now. You can just spray it on your fake tree Really? Yeah, you can even get spray sap.
2: Spray sap? Yes. Does it create the smell?
3: Yeah, it, it creates the smell. We live in a wonderful <laughs> world, people.
2: Well, but you it, take it you, so you, much you, further. You, you think about all the things that go into purchasing a tree. You you pick it, you select it. And I'll say that you select it, you purchase it, you carry it home, and you know, as a preacher, always looking for a good three point sermon. <laughs> I can remember some years ago realizing, "There's my Christmas Eve sermon." You know <laughs> what, what you what you did with this tree, uh, God has done with you. He selected you. Wow. He purchased you, and he's carrying you home. But that's and profound, Max. It, it's 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 really the gospel, isn't it? That all of us are selected by God. You know that He has determined our, our gender, our personality, and then He said, "Now I want you for My kingdom." for the kingdom that I'm creating. And I purchased you. You don't expect the guy in the striped tent to pay for for the tree. We have to purchase it ourselves. And so we do, we pay for it. Well, God paid for us. We've all been bought with a price and he's taking us home. Every person needs to be reminded that this world is not how it was intended to be. And this world is not how it always will be. We're being taken home and don't we need that reminder this has been a hard year yes. full of political topsy-turviness and terrorist attacks and just violence and fear and conflict Whew, i think we need christmas how does christmas
3: begin what easter celebrates yeah,
2: yeah 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 that's the thing we have to keep reminding ourselves of as much as we love christmas had there been no easter we would not be talking about Christmas. The the reason that the cradle matters is because the cross was occupied. And the reason the cross was occupied was because the crown was given to Christ. And so that's how it all progresses. We love Bethlehem, but Bethlehem only began this march, this wonderful journey that Jesus took of redemption. Remember the name Jesus, traces his ancestry back to a a name uh, that means God saves. God saves. And so when uh, Joseph and Mary were told the name that they were to give their son, uh, there was significance and symbolism there that Jesus came to save us, save us. And not just save us as the angel said from our uh, taxes or from grumpy neighbors uh, or from boring preachers, but he came to save us from our sins. That's the goal of God is to save us from our sins. We have this sin nature within us. And uh, which consequently, we have led imperfect lives. Yet the kingdom is going to be comprised of perfect people in a perfect place. So God sent his son to lead a perfect life, but to die a death that only sinners would die so that we sinners could receive his perfection. So really what the cradle began was culminated on the cross and uh, celebrated in the resurrection
3: do you think it's possible max for us to maintain the wonder of christmas
2: all year long Mm -hmm. i do Uh, it's not easy boy the distractions are so many Mm -hmm. and i think the reason is the devil Mm -hmm. you know there's a real devil in the world and he lives to steal and to kill and destroy he wants us to worship him and ever since he was cast out of the uh, throne room because he wanted God's worship. Ever since then, he's demanded that somebody worship him. So since he knows he'll never receive our ultimate worship, he wants to take our joy. Mm-hmm. He wants to take our attention away from God. So we we just be aware of him. We glance at the devil, but we gaze at God. We stay focused on Christ. And I think that wonder uh, can be stirred. But listen, I... I You know, we can't beat ourselves up. We're gonna ebb and flow in our emotions, you know. Some days we're gonna feel on cloud nine, some days we'll feel at the very bottom, but God's hold on us is secure. That's the gospel. It's not our hold on him, but his hold on us that matters and his hold is secure.
3: You talk also in the book about what we value and how um, our view of what is valuable is very different from God's, mm. you talk about that in the book. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. What is it? We place a lot of value in. Even when it comes to Christmas, people get into debt because they think they have to get big gifts and they have to do this and they have to do everything bigger. Mm-hmm. Christmas speaks a different message.
2: It does. It does. Um, yeah. We we and also have big parties and <laughs> and and have uh, nice new clothing to wear. And and again, I don't be. I, It's not worth it to get beat up on that, but just don't get lost in that. Don't get lost in that. What God values is uh, every human being, Hmm. every human being. Here's a challenge. Somebody gave this to me, and I'm going to pass it on. And that is, as you are receiving this Christmas, what God has done for you, Uh, Turn and do for others exactly what God has done for you. So you make a list of all the things that God has done for us through Christmas. Well, he's been sympathetic, sympathetic enough to enter our world. Hmm. What if I did the same? What if I was sympathetic enough with my neighbor down the street to make an effort to enter his world, to try to understand him or her uh, or go across town? to people of a different ethnic background, to enter their world, to be sympathetic, to do everything I could to understand it. You think about Jesus. He was on the earth, as far as we know, for three decades before he ever preached a sermon. Our tendency is to walk in the door preaching a sermon. But he he understood the world even though he already did, but he wanted to make sure we knew he understood what it was like. Mm. He entered our world. So maybe that's a good assignment this Christmas. Try to be to others what God has been to you.
4: Uh, Sheila, thank you. Max Licato, thank you for being such a Mm -hmm. blessing. Betty, I love this time of the year. Mm-hmm. We get to watch, this year we get to watch great-grandchildren. We do. That's and, exciting. Yeah, <laughs> next year we'll even have more of them. I don't know. We got two more at least. Who knows? Right. More. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> more. But it is such a special time. I, I'm thinking back about watching that little incredible scene of rejoicing over the Christmas tree. <laughs> Wasn't that beautiful? And you know, we really need to see that the greatness mm-hmm. of Christmas is the little child that was born. Steve Emerson has been blessed with one of the greatest voices God ever gave anyone. But he wrote a song. Some of you may have heard it. Where else would a lamb be born? The lamb of God. But think about it, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, born in a manger. Where else would a lamb be born? Here's Steve Emerson.
1: Place, no regal palace to receive a royal birth. God's gift of love, wrapped in a blanket, would be his way to reach the earth. A bed of straw became a cradle, embracing God in human form. One would expect more than a stable, but where else would last? house, no noble mansion where he would reign in majesty. The path he chose led to an altar where he would give his life for me. A bed of strong Came a cradle embracing God in human form. One would expect more than a staple, but where else would a lie?
4: I know that blessed you. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for being that lamb, so lowly, so humble, and then truly being the lamb of God that redeems us forever. Thank you for the precious gift of redemption. Thank you for your willingness to be born in a manger, that we may be born and experience eternity in your presence forever, in Jesus' name. Well, Betty and I pray that you have a great Christmas day, and we will, in the presence of that Savior who lives in us and who longs to redeem every life he died to save. Be blessed this day. Remember this. We are right now feeding children. And during this last week, uh, when we're celebrating after Christmas and end of the new year, you might consider a special year-end gift. We have some gifts to send you to say thank you and bless you in your life. But let's praise God for the greatest gift. At the same time, let's reach out to those that are too often overlooked. Thank you for doing that. And now enjoy a beautiful Christmas medley by Hyman Stansky on the piano. And what a gifted musician he is. Have a wonderful Christmas day and a great new year.
0: Stay connected with Life Today through your favorite social media sites, or visit lifetoday.org, where life is always on. Join Bible teacher Sheila Walsh as she spends Wednesdays in the Word, encouraging you to let your story and relationship with Christ impact others. Tomorrow.